0: good evening good evening everyone um this is dolly ochola with kavaya's daughter speaks i am so sorry it's taken us 25 minutes it's taken me 25 minutes to figure out what's happening but this evening i want to welcome samara and her dad sandy uh samara was with us about three weeks ago and she was with her mother onika and they were talking about their relationship so today we're going to hear about their relationship the parent-child relationship but from a father's perspective and we're so glad to have you sandy here Uh, we are familiar with samara and so i'm just going to ask you um sandy could you please tell us a little bit about yourself who is sandy can you tell us a little bit about your childhood and upbringing
1: oh wow um i am Country boy from uh, Macon, Georgia. Grew up in the sticks. Had chickens, chopped wood. Uh, Ate rabbits and squirrels. Uh, Two-parent household. Grandparents on both sides. Raised as a Christian. Hard work. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. And how would you describe your uh, childhood? Did you have a happy childhood? uh how did your childhood uh influence who you are today as uh Onika's husband as uh male and as Samara's dad
1: if I uh if I, go, uh, if I flash back uh there are a lot of things that uh I wish I could have done a lot of th- mm-hmm. other things I wish I could have seen as a child but as I matured uh, it was really stable
2: mm-hmm.
1: it was really stable um, sometimes when you're growing up, you want to do what you see other kids do, okay. do some of the things television. And that just wasn't our life, you know, um, okay. hard working, uh, my parents, uh, they raised me up with great, strong moral values, but as far as my life growing up in the woods, it was, I was satisfied with it until I wasn't satisfied with it.
0: Okay. <laughs> hmm. So what, does, what, what do you mean you are not satisfied with it until you're not satisfied? What was unsatisfactory?
1: Well, a lot of times people are content until something happens or someone tells them it's not good enough. Okay. So I was happy until, um, one of the examples I always give is like, you know, I, I remember I was in the second grade and we're playing football and I thought I was dressed fine until somebody said, your shoes don't have a name or it's not named brand. Oh. Thanks you don't know it until someone brings it to your attention and makes you self-conscious and mm-hmm. you always go back. And a lot of times these things always happen in school and especially high school, mm-hmm. when you become yeah. conscious mm-hmm. and then you start spiraling, you start the path of trying to fit in and you know, critique yourself. You know, you have confidence issues um, and you trying to navigate those social relationships uh, in a way to where you can fit in. Mm-hmm. Or you know, you can go to the other extreme and just be a lone wolf.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: Okay. So um I just want to ask you. Um well uh three weeks ago when you we were talking to Onika, she did mention that there's some things that she went through in her childhood that influenced who she was as a mom, right? So, for example, she talked she about abuse, which also made her very protective. What in your childhood has influenced your fatherhood?
1: Uh, what in my childhood has influenced my fatherhood? Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I had a—I would say I had a good father and a grandfather. I had two strong male figures in my life mm-hmm. um the one thing that uh really stands out is I had, my mother was kind of overprotective. um she kept us close she was a housewife up until i got to like the 11th grade so mm-hmm. she kept my brother really really close uh, me and my brother three years apart okay uh, so we were all she had and i also have a younger sister who's seven years younger than me mm-hmm. um a lot of the, you know, the things that kids did, uh, high school football games, basketball games, fall festival, I didn't get to do any of that stuff. It was on the bus and back home, on the bus and back home, church on Sunday, on the bus and back home.
2: So
1: mm. uh, so one of the things that I did when I got my first job, I asked I asked them to put me on the schedule every day. So... I could <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of the only way I could get out the house, uh, took karate classes in the 10th grade who was taught by a, a teacher in another county. Um, since he was a, uh, black man about the same age as my father, they trusted him. and They let me go to these karate classes. Those are the only way I could get out the house. Um, so, but as soon as I graduated, I kind of took flight. I joined the Navy and I had to get away. Um I, I love my mother. We don't have any conflict now. Mm-hmm. They raised me uh and raised my brother that I just didn't agree with. Um mm-hmm. didn't want anybody doing too much for me. You know, you know, I'm be just on I don't like nobody telling me what to do. I mean, especially being around my grandfather as much as I did. My grandfather was a man's man. So and I'm big on chivalry. So <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I, I pretty much took my from him and me and my mother but we butt, butted heads a, uh, a lot um because there's just certain things that she couldn't do for me and i wasn't going to let her mm-hmm. um so first chance i got i left so that nobody had to worry about me when i went in the military
0: so. oh, okay well thank you for your service so i'm gonna um go to um samara hi Samara hi how are you
3: I'm doing
0: good how are you um, I'm good so Samara I want us to talk uh, I want you to tell us how you experienced your dad okay last time we talked about your mom today the focus is on dad how have you experienced being brought up by Sandy Cornelius
3: um, so yeah so I think I mentioned the last time but like when I was younger I was a really big daddy's girl um, because it was with me the first few years when my mom was traveling, Um, me and my dad were together. So I think I I formed a bond with my dad a little bit faster than I did with my mom. So I Mm -hmm. think from as young as I can remember up through middle school or maybe even like late elementary school i was really of a, much of, of a lot of a daddy's girl um you would agree yeah um so, just because like my dad said my dad he is he that nicest person i've ever met like i'm not exaggerating and he's just extremely chivalrous he's just a caring person
1: so mm-hmm.
3: it's not difficult to it's not difficult to like him objectively strangers like him everybody likes him but especially like as his kid, he was always doing things that made me feel special Mm -hmm. or looking out or, you know, having my favorite snacks or always knowing what I wanted to order. Like things like that, um, that I think never made me really question that he cared about me. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: You know, I think just like when you have friendships or relationships with people, you know, you do things here and there to strengthen the relationship. And I can say that my dad has always been that way, either Mm -hmm. going on dates or we were, you know, doing things together. Like, so it wasn't... I would say that me and him had, like, a strong relationship um, Mm -hmm. really, really early early on, I would say, yeah. He was just always really sweet.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Most of the time. Most (laughs) of the
0: time. Okay. Okay. So, um... Let's talk about um, you growing up. Okay, so as a young child, you were mostly with with dad, and then uh, it got to a point, I think your mom started traveling less, right? Did that change your relationship with your dad, or did the dynamics shift a little bit?
3: Not really when she stopped traveling, because she stopped traveling when I was like five. So, So, yeah, it was still really, really early. I just think that me and my dad, just because I was so, so young when he left, just kind of like intrinsic know what the word for it is or like instinct was
2: mm-hmm.
3: just with him um but i would say maybe it started to change and maybe we got less close maybe like middle school right around like every point in a kid's life where you start like learning things or trying to figure out who you are and going I'll through things yeah learning to be a girl that too when you hit certain stages as a girl you're going to be close with your mom with certain things mm-hmm um, that you're not necessarily going to talk to your dad about, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: you know what I mean? Mm So I think also just growing up, Mm -hmm. um, I started to have more things that I needed insight specifically from my mother Mm -hmm. with, Mm
2: -hmm. and Mm -hmm.
3: also just, like we said, me and my dad don't agree all the time on Mm -hmm. everything, and so as I got older, there just started to be more things for us to disagree about.
0: Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so we talked about uh, disagreement, but let me go to Dad. So Sandy, um, we are talking about Samara now. She's a she's a an adolescent, right? She's she's growing up. She's you know coming slowly becoming a young lady, and um, there's a time that she felt a little disconnected, right? And she felt like um, she was not understood which is what a lot of uh, adolescents feel, a lot of teenagers feel that way. So can you take us through that period? What what was your experience? What were you thinking was happening? And what was the most shocking thing to you? Now, after um, Samara obviously showed signs of distress.
1: Yes, it's, uh, um, it makes you feel powerless. It makes you feel helpless. Um, the only thing you can really depend on is how, it to you and how you receive it you know um trying to navigate through wanting to be there for somebody and help them through something and not knowing how to you know it's it's pretty triggering uh mm-hmm. triggering because from the time she was born um i always wanted to just protect her you know i used to have these uh dreams you know what i'm saying about uh keeping her safe from like a wild animal or something like a tiger, or a bear. But as she got older and she started navigating things and going through stuff, I understood that that was a spiritual side of the things that she would just have to experience in life and learn how to navigate through. And we had to help her navigate through and process her feelings and process her emotions, but we had to process ours too. Mm-hmm. So they understand her, you know, mm-hmm. and that a lot of parents don't don't get you know i really had to process and understand that some of this i have to guide her i have to raise her i have to put in the way she goes and show her things the other for what we teach her for her to latch on to and use herself and i think every parent should forgive themselves Mm -hmm. (laughs) missing that you know what i'm saying because it's not easy Mm -hmm. it's not as i shared my own childhood i just kept it to myself i ran through the woods i climbed trees i built tree houses you know and me and my mother didn't talk until i was 24 25 and i expressed all of that so it's much as it was a trial it was also a blessing and learned a lot of similarities of what i went through mm-hmm. and i am around to be sensitive god thank, thank god for my wife break some things down to me from a female perspective to help me kind of navigate through that and be there for
0: mm-hmm. so. Okay, so what would you say was mistake that you made as a dad um, and not because you were a malicious person but because you you did what you knew how to do right because that's what happens we kind of think you know the way we are brought up is what we think is the right way to bring up a child right, right. and none of us is perfect so what is the one mistake you can say okay not, maybe not just one a couple of things that you, you wish you would have done differently
1: yeah, been more sensitive you know because a lot of times when my generation came up, you know what I'm saying? It was a suck it up, put an issue in the chest, and handle it, you know. Um, and you start raising you think that they're you, <coughs> mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you may ask something, and it sounds really, really insensitive, and it is when you think about it. What's wrong with you?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, it's that. There were there were there were a few times you know I looked at her many times and you know especially with her uh with her scoliosis I couldn't I couldn't help her it was just pain you mm-hmm. know and mm-hmm. like I said it makes you feel helpless you know what I'm saying but it was the insensitive part mm-hmm. you know of mm-hmm. thinking that she's supposed to handle the same thing that I that I handled you know mm-hmm. you know so, and to get. And and we also sometimes we just get to be there, you know what I'm saying.
2: Mm-hmm. Needs
1: nice at the time, you know what I'm saying. Everything's not a lecture. Mm-hmm. Everything's not a yeah. You, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I that we're a family. As much as I came up the way I did, my grandfather did take me under my wing, and I did get love at times. It just didn't. It didn't come in a hug. I didn't have a hugging family until I came back from the military. And started hugging people. You know what I'm saying? I got it another way. You know, he said, come here and let me show you something.
2: You mm-hmm.
1: know, so I, I had to learn you know, this child, because I have three, I had to learn how to talk to this particular one in that special way. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Okay. Um, Samara, so you are an adolescent, and now things are changing. You're beginning to feel not understood. Mm-hmm. Um... And you know, your parents, like your dad said he did not like to be told what to do, right? <laughs> did he let you get away with stuff? Or he wanted to tell you what to do?
3: I'm gonna say in between because I I would say that my dad lets me get a little like a little mouthy, just like a little bit like the right amount of like mouthy with him, under the guise of like that's just how we talk to each like we just banter to each mm-hmm. other um so, so as long as he never like feels like it's on to where like i'm disrespecting him which there have been a couple of times where he's been like hey pull it back and then like we'll talk about it and you know what i'm saying deal with it in the moment
2: mm-hmm.
3: but, like so i would never say like he wasn't like like neither one of my parents were ever like, hard body like like mm-hmm. we still had moments you know where we were just a family at and stuff like that I just think that maybe as time went on Mm -hmm. there was I I will say there were always love but like I've said many times I didn't always feel really close to or want to talk to them
2: Mm -hmm.
3: I think there were a couple times where maybe we argued or like I said we started to disagree on things specifically a main one was my clothing for a really long time I think, like, I started to get into, like, crop tops and stuff in middle school, and that was a big no and things like that. So, like, there were little things that, like, were always, that were, like, always a debate. Yeah. Or, like, ever since I was young, I would always play in makeup. I would get in trouble for playing in my sister's makeup. I would play in my mom's makeup and get in trouble. So, like, right around middle school, like, I think I wanted to start wearing, like, mascara and stuff like that. He didn't let me. And like I wanted to like I mean I would wear like lip glosses and stuff, but nothing crazy. But like I wanted to start getting into wearing like different colors. He wouldn't let me do that either. So <laughs> there were a few like arguments or like I won't say they were arguments because back because back then we didn't really know how to argue. So there was mm-hmm. there was a point to where like I feel like now we actually let ourselves argue. Mm-hmm. Which is better to me. yeah we let ourselves disagree like we will debate and but we i think what we know now is number one they'll let me talk and respond which i can um appreciate but but also we know when it's like okay like we're not getting it through to each other let's leave it be Mm -hmm. so i think that back then though we didn't know how to argue so it would either like really really drag on and then both parties would wind up upset Mm -hmm. or it would just get like, like shut down really early and like i was to like you know my answer is whatever and then that was it uh-huh. so mm-hmm. that's so, kind of like how it would go
0: did he let you wear, wear a, a crop top or two <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> no there was okay. i think there was even like
3: a day where he had me like throw them away I had to throw them because I couldn't buy them like back in I'm not buying anything like I was a kid so like I wasn't like going out and buying clothes mm-hmm. yet my peers were present so anything I bought I was with you know my mom or I was with him mm-hmm. so I them to buy me crop tops so I started like to cut them like I would cut I started off like cutting like t-shirts and then i would wear them in the house because like you can't get mad at me for wearing a crop top in the house i'm not going anywhere Mm so i was but then like i started like trying to wear them out here and there and some days i would get away with it some days i wouldn't and then like there was one day where like he really wasn't feeling it and i had to throw them away
0: oh but oh okay (laughs) so that is that is a common um Issue that parents have, you know, with their kids, what to wear, what is decent, what is decent for this event, and what is not decent for this event. Okay. So I'm going to go back to dad. So, dad, we know that it got to a point where um, there was a lot of um, uh, turmoil, let me put it that way, in Samara's life. And so now you finally find out that there's something serious happening, and now Samara is in hospital. Can you take us? through that as a dad, um, how did that feel? What were the things that you thought of? What are your, the feelings that went through your head? What are the, some of the questions you had? And maybe there was no one to answer.
1: Yeah, um, so there was a lot of God, what is this? Um, there was a little anger at God, I'm like, okay, my baby got scoliosis and now she's fighting for her life. Like what part of the game is this? (laughs) Yeah, you know, um, and then there was that feeling of helplessness again. I mean, it took a lot of prayer and it took a prayer circle around us to uh, actually navigate through that. Um, that night when this all started, um, was a hard night by the morning. I felt like she was going to make it. And after that, I was hoping that she had a great quality of life after that, you know, but those are those things that I had those prophetic dreams of protecting her about. Wasn't nothing that was going to eat her up. It was the things of the world. And that's one of the reasons why just like the question you just asked her. It's one of the reasons why we let her express herself when she talks, she knows when to pull it back when it's getting out of hand and stuff. But I don't want her to keep stuff bottled in. I don't want her to feel like she can't talk, you know? And so from that point on, I think that's, that's the point where we really gave her freedom to express herself. Mm-hmm. Because you got to process through your feelings. You can't just hold them in. You got to process them. you got to understand where they come from, why are you feeling like that and and the origins of it so that you can deal with it, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and quite honestly, the old school in me sometimes, you know, ask that insensible question a lot of times, what's wrong with you, mm-hmm. you know, because you mm-hmm. don't want them to go through. It's like, I know what's out there. I know peer pressure's out there. I know there are things that, And people out there in the culture and society is gonna make you not feel good enough, pretty enough, all you know. know. but I can't. I cry sometimes when I think about it. I can't protect her. I can't go with her everywhere. Mm -hmm. Have to wrap up and put protection on her. You know, but she has to grow with where her roots are planted at, and where whichever way they may grow. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, Mm -hmm. And I correlate that with my wife tells me all the time. "Say said, you're more like your mother than you think you are. And I kind of picked it up early in our marriage. You know, the overprotective part, I can be that. I purpose not to be. I purpose not to be. I'm not driving you everywhere. I don't want to support you as an adult. <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't want the pressure of worrying about what you're doing and where you're at all the time. Mm -hmm. that kind of worry. I want to be able to let you go. Mm -hmm. When the turmoil and stuff, all these things work together, you know, so I think us going through that turmoil also helped me be able to kind of give her over to God, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because at that point, there was nothing I can do but pray and hope.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And she's got a world that she's got to go out there and live in, you know, and I Mm -hmm. I broke it for her.
0: Okay. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, um, usually when your child is admitted and um, you know, things start to calm down, you know, you have the first session as a as a family, right? What is the most remarkable thing that Samara said to you that you're willing to share during that first session that was an eye opener to you?
1: Oh, um, well. I tell you what, um, mm-hmm. the uh, in the ER, she was conscious enough, and she whispered to me when I was standing over her. She said, "Daddy, I'm sorry." For to happen.
0: Sorry, I didn't hear that. You, you got cut off for a minute. "Daddy, I'm sorry." What? I
1: didn't mean for this to happen. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And in her saying that. <clears throat> I knew that she wanted to live.
2: Mm. She's
1: live, you know. Mm-hmm. So that that was the hope, you know. I mean, we hear this all the time. Everybody don't come back, <clears throat> you know. Everybody don't come back. Those, mm-hmm. those said that, you know what I'm saying? Okay, there's this, there's her fight, you know what I'm saying? That she wants to get better, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And she don't, you mm-hmm. know, almost immediately because that was in the ER, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, mm-hmm. where this happened at, so.
0: Mm-hmm. You you mentioned that um, it was not until you were 25 that you spoke to your mom. Were you already out of the Navy or you were still in the Navy at that point?
1: Navy, I came out of the Navy. I was uh, living in um, uh, the next county, one of the other counties over. And mm-hmm. I still visited, I mean... As much as me and my mother bumped heads, I never not went down there. I either went down there every day or at least every weekend. I was always down
2: there. Mm -hmm,
1: Eat mm -hmm. (laughs) or whatever. And we had a talk. She began to tell me about some of my affairs. And I I didn't know I was still getting mail at home. I said, well, I take care of it. And we kind of had an argument. And I said, Mom, I don't need your help. I got it worry about something else, be retired. This is, And I didn't mean to come off like that, but that's one of the reasons why I subtracted myself from the picture. We got one less child to worry about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know I'm saying? The way I was raised is men go out and they take care of themselves. Nobody go give you nothing. You know, that's the kind of man I was raised. You know what I'm saying? So, um, we had that conversation and we had a little bickering match and she i never you know my mother was she's very she's what you would call strong african-american woman over here i mean and she never i never thought she was gonna cry and when she cried that's when we had that conversation and that's when we came to our
2: understanding
1: and i think if anybody i think i'm probably the one child she don't worry about anymore
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's what we are. I, you know, I'ma tell you something. Um it's it's amazing. You never know because I was kind of a bad kid growing up, so they said, you know, you never you don't know how you're gonna turn out, you know. Um I told like I told you I, when I got back from the Navy, we never hugged and we never said I love you. But when I got back, I started doing that and we've been doing it ever since. So it brought a little tenderness. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. With breaking up the botany, the way that I did, you know, and sometimes things just need to happen. Mm-hmm. And not all bad. You know, traditions are good, you know. But well, sometimes you need to make a new tradition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To where we can all be free. I I'd never seen my mother that soft before. And I think she needed that.
0: Mm-hmm. So would you say having Samara and also getting married has made you a little softer also? I mean, going to the Navy, definitely. But having Samara and getting married, has that made you a little softer?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm domesticated. I mean, I was, uh, (laughs) uh, but, you know, my wife, she lets me do ride outs when I need them and get away when I need them. Um, I cycle whenever I get back on my bike. Um, She won't let me get a motorcycle, though. Um they, they're my responsibility, you know? I mean, I hurt somebody about my family and my girls, and I got an older daughter. I mean, I'm just being candid, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's with a man's family, you know? And that's one of the things that I think that, you know, fathers and daughters, where well, they kind of bump head at. It's like, if something happened to you out there, right? You know For what me. I'm saying? they you know, going like, where, where your family at? Right? If my wife is out there and something happened to her, she's my responsibility. I can't I can't have it on my hands. You know, I take responsibility. You know, I mean mm-hmm. I, I go at some point in time, but until then, you know, when I go over to her husband, if something happened to her, I'm coming to see him.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's
1: the way yeah. that's then that's the way that it should go. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean be softer because I am. I mean, I'm, you know, I'll I'll make food for them. I go get it for them. I get a glass of water. I do all the things. Just I'm still an agile 52 year old man. Move pretty fast. Move pretty good. Um, and I want them to feel exactly how a lady's supposed to be, especially my. I don't want them to feel just exactly how a lady's supposed to be treated. You know, there are certain traditions that should never die, and shiver is one of them. Mm so
0: so um you did mention um about your role as um as a dad so can we talk a little bit about the stereotypes that um that maybe you were not them but you fought hard to um dispel because sometimes for example if they say women are mouthy sometimes a woman will not voice their opinion because they don't want to be told they're mouthy right right so what are some of the myths that um you as a dad tried to dispel
1: oh that we're hands-on that we're really hands-on fathers i mean i mean we get involved i mean i you know my son and my oldest daughter you know I was hands on with them. You know, my son wasn't in the house that much longer by one of the time he got married, he graduated into the military, but uh, my oldest daughter is tomorrow. I can't really help her much with homework because she's so smart. But as far as I, I, I date her, I take her out on dates. We go on ride outs, I
2: mm-hmm.
1: take her out at I took, two years ago. I took her out at midnight, out at midnight so she can learn how to drive on the interstate. Um, uh, when her mother was on the road, I did her hair. I gave her mm-hmm. bath, you know, um, kept her clean, changed her clothes, did the laundry, you know, and um, sometimes she came and slept in the bed with me, you know, mm-hmm. she slept on the uh, other side of the bed, you know, you know, you know how kids are. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot, man, when I went down the road, I'll take her down to see my parents uh, sometimes. Uh, we was kind of joined at the hip because Mm -hmm. my wife had Samara and then what, three months later, she was on the road. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and I think, you know, a lot of those, a lot of times, you know, the stereotypes that men don't take care of their kids. I, I mean, I, I mean, I know too many. I mean, I work with a whole bunch of us that, you know, we be there talking about our kids. You know, somebody, some black father is always driving their daughter to Alabama, to Grambling. You know what I'm saying? Always driving back and forth to school. You know, You, to, you know, that's all I, I hear. I don't have, have no, I don't know a whole lot of people, black men that don't take care of their kids, a barbershop full of mm-hmm. cycling girls or <laughs> hands on fathers. I didn't know it was that many psych- black cycling groups in the, in, in the U S, but they are, you know? So I think that the, you take the smallest thing in the worst thing, and you make it the loudest thing to create the stereotype. And I mm-hmm. think that's not like that the few disgruntled, you know what I'm saying? Or the louder than the harmony that is. Cause I, I don't really know how to do that. I was talking to my wife the other day. I'm gonna say this real quick, and I was telling her how some of the ladies that I dated um before that had kids, and we were just talking about it, like how I was like what well, some guys on records and on TV would say that okay, well, I'm not doing that, you know, but for me where the way I was raised in community, you see something that needs to be done and you do it. There was no, there's no hesitation. It's just innate in you as a man. Just like if a woman was walking in the street and she saw a baby walking down the sidewalk, she's gonna grab and start nurturing and say, whose baby is this? It's instinctively. Mm-hmm. Nobody instinctively, <laughs> nobody has to pride you to do that. You know what I'm saying? If you see a lady and you like a lady and she's got a, hey, look, you say hello, young man, how you doing? You shake a mm-hmm. little man. It's an instinctive thing, and if you're spending time around any children anywhere, and take them under your wing, it's a natural thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So those are the kind of guys that have always been around me. I don't know any that don't do that.
0: Okay, so you, you're you're pretty much saying that fathers are involved and they do take care of their children and you're a good example because you started taking care of your child from the time she was three months old pretty much by yourself while your your wife was traveling uh, for work now i'll go back to samara samara let's talk about conflict
2: right
0: (laughs) between you and dad okay so we've talked about the, the the crop tops and stuff like that so what is one of the biggest conflicts that you guys still have to this day?
3: Makeup, for sure.
0: Oh,
2: <laughs>
3: um,
0: oh okay.
3: Oh, so, so, yeah. So during the pandemic, when the pandemic first hit, um, I was really bored. Like we, we had a lot of time on our hands. Like we said, I didn't have a whole lot of. Uh, I, I didn't wasn't on social media or anything like that. So I was just really bored. And um, I did have a laptop that I would watch YouTube on and I started like getting really heavy into makeup tutorials and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, what? I really like I, I tried to talk to him and stuff like that. And he finally let me like, actually go and buy some makeup. Me and my mom went and we just got myself, you know, what I'm saying a little something to get started. And so he was, I think he thought he was okay with it when he said yes. But As I started to get better and to like actually wear makeup, because I would just like practice in the house and wipe it off or something like that. Also, it was the pandemic, so I wasn't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. But I think as time went on and I got a lot better with my makeup, and I actually started doing my makeup for specific things. Like if we were going out, or it was like, oh, you know, we're going to go to the mall today, it started being like, oh, we're waiting on Samara because she's doing her makeup. So then it would be like conflict because. Like, well why are you doing your makeup and I'm like because I have it and I like to do my makeup so then it would be an argument about whether you need makeup or not and then me trying to explain I know I don't need makeup but I want to wear it and my dad's like well why do you want to wear it and like you know what I'm saying so it would just come up repeatedly I don't really think it comes up as much anymore but mm-hmm. the one thing that I did have to explain to my dad was that women in general just sometimes like to do things to make us feel pretty they don't necessarily have a meaning or a value that you know that it's necessary we just do it because we want to you know what i'm saying no one needs to take a 45 hour but you take it because you you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. or like no one needs eat a $45 steak, but you eat steak because you like it. So it was just really trying to explain to him like, hey, you like your things, you like to cycle, you like to watch, you know what I'm saying, Your, your movies and stuff like that. You like comfort, like these are all of these things that you're interested in. Me as a girl, I'm gonna be interested in other girly things. One of those things just happens to be makeup. So I had to explain to him that like, you know, part of my little ritual of, like, you know, feeling like a girl is to sit down and do my makeup. I know I don't need it. And I had to, like, I think that's something that every woman has to discover for themselves, your relationship with outward things and outward beauty, and whether you're going to connect what's on the outside with what's on the inside or, you know, find that right balance. So I think I've always been good with finding the balance. I've never done super crazy makeup, never just worn makeup, 24 seven just because I didn't want to be seen without it. It was never like that, but he just really, he couldn't understand. It was like, I was speaking another language. Wow. He couldn't understand it. So there would be days where I'd be like, Hey dad, like, do you think I look pretty? Cause I, I always check for his approval. I've gotten, there are some times now to where like, I can live without it. Like when I got my nose pierced, I knew he didn't want me to do it, but I, I mean, I didn't really, I didn't care. <laughs> I, I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I still, in some ways, like, do look for, like, he's a of, like, when I would first start, like, wearing makeup, like, I would, like, ask him, and he like, why you got on so much, or da 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 like, why are you wearing it, like, you don't need it. So I had to kind of, like, explain to him, like, you know, I know that I don't need, you don't need to tell me I don't need the makeup. I know I don't need the makeup. Just, like, you know what I'm saying, be a little gentler. And then he did. He started buying my makeup for me sometimes so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. and now it's not even really a conversation like he understands and i don't even really wear it that much Mm
0: -hmm.
2: so
3: it's a
0: good so So, sandy um sometimes as parents we project our fears on our kids right
1: yes Yes. what
0: was the fear behind your daughter wearing makeup what was your fear
1: i didn't want it's almost like i I'm thinking that she's putting it on because she's insecure. Right. Mm-hmm. And me being a little bit more mature, you know, I tried to convince both my daughters that they are beautiful, natural. You know. Um, I
3: mean, I which I was insecure.
1: Yeah, but you know, but you know, I'm 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 a dad. I'm like, damn, y'all don't listen to nothing I say. That's what, <laughs> that's kind of like my response. I don't listen to nothing I tell you. So you don't believe me. Right. You'll believe the world. I don't believe me. Right. Mm. So you trust you know, more you trust what I'm saying, you know, and that's kind of how I, I took it, you know, so it's, you know, and as far as the project, you know, we do have a tendency to do that as parents. My mother had a saying when I would ask, why can't we go to the movies? You don't need to go to the movies. Why can't I go to the dance? You don't need to go. <laughs> that was the answer for everything. If I asked my father why, Say the car tire <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know th- those are the reasons I got you know so I've never wanted to project i tried my wife will tell you I tried very hard not to project my fears uh onto my children I wanted them to grow, I wanted them to know how to drive and take care of themselves. I did mm-hmm. not want as much as my mother and the women on that on my mother's side of the family my my maternal grandmother did too much for the men in the family i did not want no parts of that Mm. so but mm -hmm.
0: yeah so let me ask you something so i i heard samara saying that she always looked for your approval maybe now she doesn't always look for your approval so how does it make you feel as a dad that here is your daughter who adores you and is looking for your approval, and you're asking her why, instead of just telling her yes, you look pretty. You're you're questioning her and asking her why she's wearing this. She shouldn't wear this. How does that make you feel? Oh, it makes me kind
1: of proud, you know. I mean, it, it feels good to, to know that she wants my approval, you know. Well, like I tell my wife, like she still won't do. She still won't listen. But <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna do. But you know, a part of that. You know um, am the, the honest to god truth is part of that was when she was going through her transition and going through her hard period i had to allow her to express herself all the way so i had to let her experiment you know i had to let her develop she was a young lady you know uh i just always reaffirmed her and made sure that you know you don't need that but go ahead mm-hmm. so I you know, and it kind of gives me um it gives me a job of making sure I, I stay on the straight and narrow.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. My, my approval. You know, and I'm and I'm, I'm glad of that. You know what I'm saying? Because that means that something got through there where, okay, maybe she does value my opinion more than she cares about the world.
0: Okay, that's and that's a yeah good thing to know, right? Um so Samara let's talk about um, the conversations you had the tough conversations you had to have with your dad right and your mom so last time we talked mostly about your conversations with your mom right what conver- hard conversations have you had with your dad and how how what changes have you seen then and now right like what changes have you seen in your dad that are maybe like a sign of growth for you for him rather in your opinion
3: i think actually it was a little bit more of a moment of growth for me but there's like been an ongoing like kind of conversation i'm sure he probably still feels this way a little bit but we have talked about it um but like we talked about you know with the pandemic and stuff like that it was my mom that i was home with the most daddy was still working and sometimes he was working straight through because with covid his co-workers would either get called out or couldn't come in. So he, yeah, so all the shifts would be delegated to my dad. So he was working quite a lot, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. So it was mostly my mom that, you know what I'm saying, I really got really, really back close with during that period. So it started to come up, I want to say maybe like two years ago or maybe two and a half years ago that my dad felt like I talked to, or I, w- I wanted to talk to my mom or that I wanted to talk to him. And so we had to have like a lot of conversations for me to both sometimes explain to him like, if I'm talking like this or I'm bringing this to you a certain way, like this is what I need, you know what I'm saying? This I need a certain reaction, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think the big- biggest thing that my dad had to learn was like understanding what it means when I'm venting and how venting is different than actually, you know what I'm saying? Like I can be venting and be like, Oh my God, I'm gonna kill them to I'm gonna da 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 And like he would be like, No, Samara, you can't but I would have to explain to him, like, I know that I'm not I know that this isn't the healthy way to process it, but for right now, I just need to talk. So that was like a conversation mm-hmm. that we had and I like good with like doing that sometimes because now he kinda knows Same with my mom. I had to have the same conversation with my mom. So, like, that was a conversation that we had that I think has, like, kind of allowed for me and him to, like, talk a little bit more. I do talk to my dad more now. I do still talk to my mom, like, a little bit more. But it's just because she's always here with me, like, 24-7. So whatever, like, random thought pattern I'm having or something like that, she's just... her office like literally 10 feet from my room. So it's not hard to reach her. It just so happens that when my dad gets home, he's usually really tired. We're usually just trying to make sure he gets dinner so he can rest. Mm -hmm. So there's a few days out of the week where I have my dad here and he'd be going places and running everywhere. And, and and, yeah. And so, (laughs) and then Fridays are delegated to my boyfriend. So I don't see dad like a whole lot. Mm -hmm. I don't see him like a whole lot full days out of the week but i try to where we can you know a little
0: does does it feel good uh, does does it make you feel good to know that your dad uh was kind a little concerned about you talking more to your mom because that means that he wants to talk more to you
3: always i say that my dad is sensitive he says that he's not sensitive (laughs) he says he's not sensitive but the truth is like he he he's a big teddy bear he's sensitive he's got a tender heart so i mean like when i would go away for like the weekend because i used to like um spend weekends with my siblings mm-hmm. during the pandemic stuff like that just so i could get out of the house if i didn't call him like he would he would be like so you're not gonna call me you don't want to talk to me <laughs> like so i mean I, I but like i said that kind of brings some humanity to our relationship like You know that we actually like each other outside of like just playing the roles of like parents and child Mm -hmm. so I yeah I like it
0: so let me ask you something um I you you say that there's a running joke in your family that every is it Thursday or Friday you guys have to have an argument or, or a passionate discussion so let's talk about your passionate discussions how do they shape your um, relationship? And also, can you give us an example of some of the things that you, 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 you've, tr- you've talked about so many times, but you, you've agreed to, dis- to disagree on? Yes, so
3: one of the biggest thing is like the gaps or like the differences between our generations. That's like mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the biggest ones because, um, you know, my dad, what are you, X, Generation X? X? yes yeah so like you know what i'm saying my like like my dad explained earlier like you know his taught a certain thing and stuff like that and gen z among some other maybe more controversial just all around we're a lot more individualistic maybe a little bit more stubborn you know what i'm saying a lot more connected to you know worldly ideas and things like that because of social media um and just a lot more fluid i guess about a lot of things one of the things that my dad hates is like like my boyfriend will call me bro and like he will (laughs) complain and rant about how my generation has made it okay to talk to you know each other yeah. For the
1: 60s and 70s, girls <laughs> or guys?
3: Yes, he says Sis, that, you know what I'm saying? Girls. You're supposed to talk to women like they're women and guys like they're guys. And, like, I try to explain, like, Dad, you know, it's not that big of a deal. And then I try to explain, like, you know, you're not going to blame it on my generation. Like, there was a whole other generation before us that, you know. So, I think there was one time, like, I think we actually really did get mad at each other that day. I think we really yeah. were mad. Mm-hmm. Because he was me. Like, I did it. <laughs> He was blaming me, like, but when my dad, when he's passionate and he's there, he goes here, and then if he goes there, I'm gonna go here, and then he's gonna go here. So it just starts to, you know what I'm saying? So I think we actually did get mad at each other that day, but I will say, like, that dynamic, though, I still, my dad is, like, the only person that I can argue with like that and then come back two minutes later and not care. I do think that because we we argued and because we disagree so much it's made of- up <laughs> that sounds terrible <laughs> that sounds awful it's a- we don't disagree on everything but mm-hmm. because we disagree so much we're good at doing it I don't know if that makes sense
2: mm-hmm. like
3: he mm-hmm. I think we both gotten better at just walking away and like letting the other person have it you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. at the end of the day we still as much as we butt heads. I'm very mushy towards, like my mom will say, like, I talk really high-pitched when I'm talking to him, like, I get really mushy with him, like, it's just like, you know, so we prefer to be like that than to, like, argue, but when it happens, like, it happens, and then we just, like, and then sometimes it is serious, like, there was one time, like, a few weeks ago, I think I interrupted him, he really got mad at me, he left, he didn't even say anything to me when he left, I was like, oh my god, he's actually upset, it wasn't two months
2: ago.
1: Oh. okay, hang on.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we'll check afterwards to see if it was, but yeah, so like, and then I, I, mean, I was going to leave it because I felt like he was mad for no reason, but he's still my dad. So I texted him and I was like, Hey daddy, look, I'm really sorry. I upset you. And he responded back and we were fine. So because we conflict so much, we're really good at conflict resolution and mm-hmm. it's not hard for like either one of us to like dial it back. At some point, and then have like no hard feelings after. So, I mean, I don't mind, but it really is every fly- Friday, like clockwork. It's either Friday or Thursday. Yep. It's Thursday.
0: Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> so, uh, Sandy, let's let's talk about um, how Samara relates to you versus how you related to your dad and to your mom. Oh, uh, hmm.
1: I think that Samara is. Is probably 10 times more than I was. Yeah, so um, in my generation and my father's generation, it was pretty much deal with it. Uh, what I say goes, it was still a lot of that, you know, no means no. And there was no expression. Uh, my mother told me something one time. She said, if you concern yourself with how people feel about you, you're going to run yourself crazy. And that's probably the, all she gave me to try to help me get through peer pressure and low self esteem, uh, things like that. So tomorrow's 10 times more vocal and 10 times more expressive than I ever was. I pretty much just handled it and I put it all into, um, being my grandfather had like has has like 38 acres you know i stayed outside climbed trees and uh i didn't know it then but i was talking to god a lot Mm -hmm. um so you know and my father work every day and he showed me love through his expressions and my mother you know the way she loved was just being overprotective, you know. Uh, I spent more time with my grandfather than I did my father. He was a silent teacher, um, so I didn't bring a whole lot of concerns about girls and things like that. It was, it was mainly just, can I do this and can I do that? No, and that was pretty much it for me. Mm-hmm. So, Mara, you know, I'm glad. I'm I'm glad we got over that hump, and I'm glad that vocal and expressive because as i said you don't deal with stuff now you'll be dealing with it when you're 25 Mm -hmm. 35 Mm -hmm. so
0: how difficult was it though for you to to change like to change your um to be like okay now you know it's difficult because you know you've grown up this one way uh you had older children who are not as expressive as samara how difficult was it was it difficult and what what would you tell other people other parents who are in your position
1: um me about my other kids or
0: no like how difficult was it for you to accept that kids also have a voice
1: yeah uh, uh, yeah <laughs> wow how it was uh it took some humbling it took some humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it did. Um, and I oftentimes had to think about how I felt like it didn't matter what I said when I was younger. So it took some humility to be able to reform and come back, you know what I'm saying, and listen. And, you know, the only teacher we had back then and stuff like that, it was like unheard of. And it's and it's kind of uh, a racial stereotype that, you know, from back then is that, oh, white people talk to their kids black people whoop their kids (laughs) you know what i'm saying (laughs) you know um um, so the softness you know what i'm saying we didn't get a whole lot of that and so and there are many times when you know i was getting one of those spankings and i'm like but mom can we talk about this i saw it on a tv show No, I figured figured I'd try that you know so it took a lot of humbling you know what I'm saying I mean it's hard to break uh certain traditions you know uh, a lot of times but if you still love and you still care you know what I'm saying you can make you can make the transformation mm-hmm. you, can make the, you know because you have to you know wisdom would tell you what are they responding to and what are they're not responding to you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Generation X, you know, don't get me wrong. There are still some things in this world today that I agree with. A young man need to know how to change a tire, change a battery. You know what I'm saying? Put air in the tires, change oil. Uh, everybody need to know how to cook, clean, fold clothes, wash dishes, all those things. I don't care how much money you make. <clears throat> You're going to need always need a plumber. You're going to need a welder. You're going to need a construction worker. You're going to need a mechanic you know i'm just very old school and i don't think that outside in our culture has did a good job of keeping those blue collar jobs like that and skills elevated to a point that brings us all together as one you mm-hmm. know it's too fast separation and i think that if we can get grassroots, you know what i'm saying, all can communicate better mm-hmm. and better so like why well, this way you can bridge the gap between the generations
0: mm-hmm. so. so does the Samara know how to, to to put air in her tire
3: Samara just had to like fill up a gas tank like a year ago <laughs> um I don't know like I don't really know only because I struggle with like another argument that we have is the fact that I'm not good at directions anywhere I go I have to have my GPS <laughs> And my dad, he hates, like, he'll be like, what do you mean you don't know how to get from down here to the mall? You've been going to the mall since you were five years old. If you wasn't sleep, then you would know. Like, you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> I have to, like, explain to him, like, Dad, I just don't know directions the way that you do. I'm not, I'm not directionally savvy. I don't remember road names. I don't remember highway numbers and interstate. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think he's always taught me to try to, like, always be able to, take care of myself that was something that like being able to be independent is something that both of my parents pushed from a very young age i knew how to cook when i was very young i knew how to do the laundry by the time i was six or seven i was doing the dishes in elementary school i had my chores second third grade like i was always taught that you should be able to take care of yourself maybe some of the more complex things like changing a tire i'm not there yet but my parents have always have always pushed that. So like, just as much as there are things that we disagree on, there are things that we agree on. We've never disagreed about school being a, being like prime and being like my first concern that school always comes first. We've always agreed on that. Um, he didn't like the fact that I wear makeup and he probably still doesn't like the clothes that I wear. But compared to some of the things that other kids my age are doing, we still agree on like the principles of like, don't do stupid stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there are lots of things I don't do. As much as you probably would complain about me not listening, I listen a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't really go, I do my homework. I The latest I'm home is 10 o'clock, maybe. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? So we don't, I would say that a lot of the things that we do like foundationally, we do agree on. Mm-hmm. And I do, mm. that. you just because we disagree doesn't mean that I don't still listen because I still live here. So, so you know what I mean.
0: I'm just curious. Can you talk to your dad about your boyfriend? Do yes. you talk to your dad about your boyfriend? Yes. Okay.
3: He's my, he's my second boyfriend that they've known about. My first boyfriend literally met him like what? Do you remember Amir? My <laughs> first boyfriend literally met him like a couple months after I got my phone and my mom actually came and dropped me off at the first date we had the first date or whatever and then that was my first boyfriend so that was 2020 2020 to like may of 2021 and then that ended and then this is my second relationship and i was talking to him for a while and then i eventually you know let my parents know like you know there's this guy i'm interested in i want you to meet them because they also said i couldn't like date properly until they met him like that was a criteria so we weren't like doing a lot of stuff really we were really just talking and texting for a long time and then in january they officially met him um and they liked him it went really well it went better than i think me and you know him had expected but it went really good and i think because pretty open like they know I have a boyfriend they know that we're together like I said Fridays or specifically they know that I'm not going to be here I'm going to be with my boyfriend or he's going to come over or something like that so they pretty much let us you know be wherever we want to be sometimes it's his house sometimes it's his grandma sometimes it's here so told
2: you about
3: yes and also like they'll let us like go places together and stuff like that so yeah we'll talk about it and I think that me being transparent you know to a certain degree mm-hmm. a respectable degree um about our relationship gives them some comfort and allows me to have some of like the freedom and space that i want mm-hmm. so it, it kind of overall we do talk we talk about them. we talk about our relationship again to a healthy degree and mm-hmm.
0: yeah so so samara um we are almost you know we're supposed to end at eight thirty. we have a few minutes but um what can you say uh, you would have done different? Because sometimes we have this wall as kids, right? You assume, so for example, you just said that um, it, it went, uh, the meeting between your boyfriend and your parents went much better than you thought, right? So, meaning you already had told yourself a narrative about how your parents are going to react and all that stuff right do you feel that kids uh, tell themselves a lot of narratives that are pretty much maybe exaggerated about their parents uh, yes. feelings or, or opinions about things
3: yes that's why i think it's important to have a balance between understanding on both sides while parents can be set in their ways, can be very stubborn, can be, you know, pretty one-sided sometimes in their thinking, teenagers aren't full grown people yet. Our brains aren't fully developed. We haven't gained certain knowledge or wisdom. We're, we're pretty impulsive. We, may, we write the stories in our head based off of what's happening in the moment and not necessarily a whole history of things. So I'll use an example, like, you know we could be having a great week as a family and then my dad says oh no you can't do that and then all of a sudden oh my god he's the worst dad in the world that's how teenagers are so i think you know it's a healthy degree of recognizing when there is an issue and when a teenager is just being a teenager but i do think that yes my dad as much as there were both of my parents as much as there were things that i didn't like about them there was so much more to be grateful for I've never had to look for a plate of food. I've never had to look for love, never had to look for clothes. I've had what I wanted in life and more because of them. Like I said, my dad is so sweet, so tender. He'll bring me whatever food I want, no matter how tired he is. he will bring me my snacks, my favorite ice cream. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I think that if I was younger, something that I would do different is do better with being more honest to myself about the narratives that I'm telling myself. Um, I may have felt unloved or felt like no one understood me, but there were people that were always trying specifically my parents and there were people that always did love me. Nothing changed. Mm -hmm. It's not like they did. And now that they do, you Mm -hmm. know, so that, that was a really, really big part of it. Again, there were some things that were happening that were significant and did contribute, but some of it was my own, you know, thinking you spiral when you're a kid you you're you're unstable in a lot of ways whereas i was still i think that we we all say that like i matured fast and kind of independent just because of the fact that i was always around adults but i was still you can't rush certain things you know what i'm saying so i didn't know everything i wasn't as you know what i'm saying logical as i was thinking i was being so there was definitely growth that had to happen on both sides Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? My parents give me and my boyfriend a lot of freedom and a lot of, you know, grace to kind of have our own space. So my growth lo- looks like, you know, if I ask to do something and they say, no, respect it, you know, leave it be, don't push it, don't lie about it. Don't try to do it anyways, just let it be. So then we can still, you know what I'm saying? Have our, our relationship.
0: Okay. So yeah. dad, um, what what would, what would you say um to conclude our session because um, unfortunately we are running out of time it was supposed to be one and a half hours of which 25 minutes we were trying to fix a glitch but um what what would be the takeaway message that you would give to dads regarding their relationships with their children daddy daughter and daddy son relationships
1: uh i would be a good listener. Be sensitive and be humble. We don't know everything either, right? And we don't know exactly what they're going through. Always create a safe place where there's no judgment, and no condemnation, as it says in the Bible, so that they can express themselves. So you can know exactly what to deal with. Mm-hmm. Because if they can't, what are they going to tell mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's, that's key.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I because we have. Have our own way of doing things we don't always create the environment mm-hmm. so and it's gonna be some stuff you don't want to hear you know what i'm saying but we <laughs> we're gonna have to pray to god and just not be surprised at anything we hear and deal with it mm-hmm. but them holding it in an and not being able to come to you is not an option hmm you know,
0: so- samara what what does a safe space look like for you as a teenager
3: um i think a safe space is just somewhere where you can just exist it's not daddy not
2: just what what did he say
3: he said a safe space to me is where i can argue with him (laughs) he's so safe no but i think that a safe space it was about us not just creating environments where we could be super serious and have these super long and super grueling conversations it was a space to where we could just be a family and just love each other and just talk about small insignificant things you know the things that life is really about i i would say that that's what a safe space is i think that again it's it's about looking at your parent-child relationships as relationships first and not necessarily just this shift in authority or this higher authority for another. because it's not that that's part of it but it's it's not only that i think it does a certain level of seeing your kids as your equals to be able to cre- create those spaces and equal doesn't mean that doesn't mean same it just means worth the same amount you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so i i I think that was like the biggest key to like creating, you know, making our home actually feel like a home.
0: Mm-hmm. Our interior. Mm-hmm. So, okay. To conclude this dad, um, how would you describe your relationship with Samara today? Uh, and, and, um, what, and that, that's the, uh, the one thing. And then what would you like Samara to know?
1: Um, Uh, The way I have to describe it, I have to go off of the fact that she has a boyfriend, not just a boyfriend. He has his family that's pretty much accepted her and pretty much adopted her. And I have to, I've had to come to the realization that she may not be here much longer. And I have to let her go.
2: Is that hard?
1: It's it's not as hard as I thought it would be. If all mm-hmm. things are right, if all things are right, you know I'll be turning her over to someone else. And the fact that I trust the young man,
2: mm-hmm.
1: he has a healthy fear of me too, um, <laughs> and his great principles. I, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. So I, our relationship kind of matured and it's growing in another direction
0: Mm -hmm. and and uh, i was going to ask you a question but you you answered it like um what you went through is what has brought you to the place where it's not as difficult as it would have been had you not grown and gone through what you went through
1: exactly exactly okay exactly i had i had to grow with it and humble myself to grow
0: Okay. Humility is important. So, um, what would you like Samara to
1: know? I, I, I hope that, uh <laughs> I mean, I just want to always know she can always talk to me still, no matter how old she gets, you know, uh, I'm always here. I always love you, you know, but, uh, you know, if you ever get, when you get married or whatever, you know, just know I'm going to send you back to your husband.
0: Okay, Okay, and and Samara, what would you like your dad to to know?
2: Um,
3: So just because I don't do anything you tell me to do doesn't mean
2: I don't love you. you. Yeah, Hmm.
3: because I think he thinks I like to spite him sometimes, but I don't. It's really true that I don't. I don't do things just to upset him. I really don't. Yeah, Yeah, that's really it.
0: Okay, so, so let me see if there's any comments. People are so quiet. People are just watching. Nothing. People are not saying anything. Okay, let me see. Okay, there's no comments, you know. But I would like to thank you so much, Sandy and um, Samara, for giving me your time, for giving us your time and teaching us valuable lessons about vulnerability, humility. Um, Sandy, you spoke about humility a lot that you had to humble yourself and father Samara differently than you were fathered. Oh, I see there's a comment. Let me see what someone is trying to say. Oh, the conversation was so captivating. That's what someone is saying. So I want to say thank you so much, Sandy. Thank you so much, Samara. And Onika, I know you're in the background. I can see you're watching. Thank you so much, guys, for opening up your family, for teaching us valuable lessons. And I know that by hearing this there's many people who are going to avoid the mistakes you made and they're going to come um they're going to become better parents f- you know by learning from what you have um you have told us uh, Liz said it's eye-opening thank you all so just know um uh, and Onika says, thank you for giving us a place to share. Just know that you, you are Kavaya's daughter speaks first family <laughs> to come on. So you're going to always be special. And if we need anything uh, um, uh, based on family dynamics, because now we see that um, Samara is you know, growing up and going to a different direction, we'll call on you. And uh, we hope to hear from you soon. Thank you so much for sharing your lives and God bless you. you. Thank you so much. God God bless you. Okay, bye. bye. Bye.